When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here to look forward to Saturday's home game against Bristol Rovers. Um, delighted to be joined this week by Bristol Rovers fan and founder of the incredible and award-winning Her Game 2 movement to eradicate sexism from football. Please welcome to the preview show, Kaz May. How are you doing, Kaz? Hello, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute like whirlwind couple of years for you. In, like for her game two for Bristol Rovers, I won't go into a certain last game of the season too much because we've spoke about that earlier in the season. <laughs> I'm hoping we could put it to bed soon, but obviously our clubs are linked in so many different ways. Um, but I wanted to talk about her game two first. Um, coming up to three years now, I think it is for you as an organisation. Could you ever expected when you first put that video out on YouTube, the reaction first that you got? but also how much it's built over the last three years or so. Yeah, I mean, for us as an organization, as we call ourselves now, um, we never would have thought that we would have got the response that we did so quickly when it first came about. Um, We actually, I remember saying to the girls before it launched, sort of like giving them a bit of a pet talk to say, don't be too disheartened if it doesn't go the way we want it to straight away. Um, Thinking that, Clubs aren't going to listen. Organizations aren't going to listen. People are probably going to discard our feelings and not want to get on board with what we're trying to do. Um, So I was thinking, realistically, we're going to have to wait about five years. We'll have to put five years in of hard graft before we get one club to listen to to what we're we're saying and and the issues that are here. Um, So, yeah, for, for us to have a million views within 24 hours of launching, um, was amazing for us and then we started to get clubs coming forward quote in the original video with with the hashtag so it was almost instantly we had that support which myself nor any of the other girls that I started it with thought would ever have been the case before we launched it and to be honest I can't really remember my thoughts and feelings before I hit tweet <laughs> on that day <laughs> on FA Cup final day in May 2021 um but I think it was probably a mix of nerves excitement dread I was probably absolutely petrified at the same time so um I'm glad we did it I'm glad we went for it because we didn't know what was gonna what was gonna happen after we did it we, we put ourselves in the fire line that's for sure and I've, I've felt that the impact of a lot of trolling and abuse from the back of it but mm. Um, still, despite all that and despite my mental health sort of crashing at, at multiple points in the last two years, I don't regret it. I think it's it's really important and it needs to be it needs to be done. So I'm glad that me and the girls took that leap to do it. Yeah, it's been some of the backlash that some of you've got is just horrendous. And it's exactly the type of stuff that you're trying to set up to avoid or to get rid of. And it seems to just encourage worse people, which is insane. Um, but obviously you've just grown and grown and grown you're you're 
I think a lot of a lot of people don't realize that it's all voluntary run, and every every ambassador and every club rep is a volunteer. Um, I think I think a lot of time people expect stuff of you that they you know they've expected they didn't really understand how much work goes into it of your own time. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean it is. It's a second full time job, except mm. it's unpaid <laughs> and it's yeah, into yeah. evenings and lunch hours <laughs> yeah. and weekends. So. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of work and every single bit of work that each ambassador does, whether it's an hour a week or 10 hours a week, is just so valuable to, to the day-to-day running of the campaign. And I think with myself and the other directors, what we have to do sort of on a global scale now is is a lot of work and we are leaning towards okay how how far can we take this now do, do we need to look at getting funding and getting staff in to run this because we have gone on for two and a half years now um doing this in our own time and there's only so much we can do whilst yeah. we're working full-time every single day so um I went into a school in Bristol the other week and it was amazing I spoke to 90 young girls um they were year seven girls and I spoke to them all about how important it is for them to to carry on um wanting to play football and get involved in football and I thought wow I'd love to do something like this all the time but I am very restricted. I was lucky that my work gave me an extra 20 minutes onto my lunch break so I can go and travel to that school and come back again. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it is a lot of working around full-time hours. And as, as you know, with jobs as well, they get busy. There's been times where I've been doing overtime in my normal job and then coming home and doing her game to work late into the night just Mm. to make sure things are done. So yeah, it's full on. Yeah, it's it's incredible that the amount you've grown over those two or three years. Like you said it might it might take five years to for for clubs to get involved. You're two and a half down. You're pretty much halfway to that target, and now you've expanded into rugby, into cricket, into hockey. Um, you, and last week, I think it was, you've got your first ever French club partner in Saint Etienne, which is just insane, isn't it? Like for you, when you mm-hmm. having had that original idea and to set it up with the group that you did. Like, how does that feel when you've, you're getting things like a French team coming, getting involved and getting involved in all these other sports as well? Yeah, oh. it, it is amazing. I just, I didn't realize when I first started it up what like the scale of the problem was really. I mean, I knew it was bad in football and I knew it was bad in football in England. Hmm. And I knew that my experiences were bad, but I had no idea that actually this problem spans across a variety of different sports and hmm. a variety of different countries as well. So when we were approached by a guy called Adrian, who is a Liverpool fan um, and he's part of the Liverpool supporters group, um, he reached out to Rupa, who is a Liverpool fan and director on our campaign. Um, mm-hmm. He said that yeah the problem is the same here in France like it's it's an issue here and for us then it was like okay like where can the, where can this go like yeah. we're talking about several different clubs from several different countries coming together and saying the same message this is has the potential to be really powerful and I'm glad again like I said earlier that that finally it's it's actually being said and that we took the leap to do it and that clubs are listening and, and engaging in it. Um, St. Etienne is, is going to be the first of many in France as well. So yeah, Amazing. keep your eyes peeled for a few more announcements incoming and we're all going to do uh, big celebrations around International Women's Day uh, with Athens, AEK Athens in Greece as well. Uh-huh. So wow. yeah, really, really pleased with how it's gone. So good. You must just feel amazing having Thank set you. it all up. So good. Um, and yeah, long may that success continue and just um, look forward to where it takes you next. Um, what, what what else is added on? What other countries get involved? Huge supporters at the podcast. And if 
anyone does anyone listening does hear or see any sexist language or behavior at cobblers games you can get in touch with our own club ambassador heidi uh, on twitter she's at, at ntfc xhgt so do get in touch with heidi heidi is amazing as well she's doing some great work um, at the club she's a wonderful woman she is great <laughs> for the first time the other day and it was the highlight of my year already oh, early in february so. amazing she would absolutely love hearing that as well so yeah we love heidi um less important stuff then uh, bristol rovers um, and um last time <laughs> last time we played you um you yourself, and I know a few of few of your mates as well, coming off the back of a spell of not going to your games, which is completely understandable given a certain Joey Barton had been in charge, seemed to be going against everything you believe in at her game too, still is, still is doing whatever he's doing. Um, was there something in his spell as manager? Was there a final straw when you knew you just couldn't do it anymore? You couldn't go to games anymore? Yeah, I think um, as a campaign, we're very forgiving. Um, we are all about rehabilitation education and unfortunately it it was off the back of multiple conversations with the club about what's happening is he being educated does he understand what we're about do you understand what we're about why is this man in charge sort of thing yeah um and there were multiple incidents where we felt we had to raise it with the club and raise our concerns and unfortunately it got to a point um, it was actually after the Giovanni Brown signing where we thought we we just can't work with you anymore and we cannot give you any more chances. And you look at the way that he is now on social media. I mean, I've, I've gotten blocked, so thankfully I didn't see a lot yeah, of it. So, but yeah. the way that he is on socials, it, yeah, it's unbearable, right? Um, it makes me think, okay, maybe the club did have some sort of control over him and it was very, very watered down because he was nowhere near this bad when he was at the club. But obviously that that mentality was was always within him and the club obviously failed to identify that mm. earlier on. And um, for us as fans, first and foremost, even if, if her game two wasn't a thing, I would have stepped away from, yeah. from the club. But I did feel that I wasn't being listened to. Um, so not only did we step away from the club, but we also distanced ourselves as a campaign from Bristol Rovers. And they still, as it stands, are not a partner club of ours, but we, w- we will now, under the new ownership, be looking to to reinstate that at some point. But it's going to be a case of them proving themselves first and actually aligning with our values before we do that. Yeah, yeah, it just must have been offenders. I can't imagine, and I know like everybody listening will probably will be thinking the same thing. Like how it feels to genuinely feel like you can't go and support your team because, like to you, going. I know you've got family history is there. You've got a massive history with the club itself, with the campaign and and everything like that. A huge connection to it. How how did it feel just not being able to go and support the team that you love because of this? Yeah, it was um, it was incredibly difficult. I think for someone who had been for 17 years home and away Mm. to suddenly not go at all and I know we had COVID where we had 18 months out but that was different because nobody could go whereas here it was like all my friends were still going um obviously Lucy aside she also didn't go to games either but um all my friends were still going my boyfriend was still going Mm. and it was a case of having to say goodbye to, to him as him and his dad went to the game and I'd stay in the flat and just having to find something else to do it did it did feel really strange and obviously football is an escape for a lot of people and football has saved me on a lot of occasions from my 
everyday life struggles um and for this to not even have that option and then to have the one thing that normally saves me from mental breakdowns or mental struggles was actually the cause of it this time mm. around it really felt like a dark cloud over my head for a really really long time um so it yeah it was difficult and there were parts of me where I felt I felt bad I felt like why did I give him or Rovers a chance in the first place you know I didn't I didn't stop going as soon as he was appointed like some mm. people did um so then I had that that immense guilt and doubt in myself about you know what why didn't I take that stance earlier on but um it is like I said earlier we try and we try and work with clubs to get them to understand to get them to take action on things and unfortunately it got to the point where we felt like we'd we couldn't do any more than we tried and we were let down on too many occasions. So it was, a, it was a lot. It was, it was not only missing games, but it was also the reasons why we were missing games and the things mm. that we, we stand for and what we're fighting for. And it, yeah. And the, the trolling on social media, there were a lot of people that couldn't understand why we didn't come out and publicly slate the club. And there are multiple reasons why, and we we go against, like we go, we go with the advice that we're given from multiple organizations who have worked in this area for a long time. And there's also a really horrendous Joey Barton cult at Bristol Rovers, which they're still there. Whenever we go one nil down, they come out of the woodwork and they, they worship him. Like he's some sort of Messiah. I don't understand what it is. And we get abuse on the other side from, from people that, that love him and, and don't understand why we would, ever say anything bad about him and yeah it, it was hard it felt like we we were in a no-win situation mm. with that and what people have to remember is that we are volunteers first and foremost and we are we, our faces are out there so every decision we make we leave ourselves vulnerable so mm. I, I made the decision not only to protect myself but to protect our volunteers and the hard work that they put in every single day on this campaign, not to go out and publicly state what was going on, but yeah. people have to trust that there were conversations had and, and things were done. It just yeah. wasn't out there. Yeah. It just must've been such a strange sort of pull for you. Cause you, I guess on one hand, you're, you're wanting him to go constantly wanting to go. So you can start building, building that relationship with the club again, but wanting the players to do well. Cause I'm like, you've got big, good connections to the players. You've been promoted with the players. You've had good memories with them. Was there was there a strange kind of pulling the pulling against each other those emotions? Yeah, I think there's there were a lot of people that said to me, "Your club is bigger than one man," which I absolutely I agree with. Mm. It is, um, but there, it was something about every time that we'd win a game that you just feel like you couldn't be a hundred percent happy about yeah. it. it yeah. That that elation that I used to get from scoring a goal was, was dampened massively. Even the, the Scunthorpe game when we got promoted, um, it just it it wouldn't be in my my top three games at all it it wasn't it was as amazing as it was it was the man in charge that unfortunately put a massive dampener on it I know you said not to bring it up <laughs> here we are just well stop the recording um, now <laughs> so, <laughs> you're like wow you didn't even enjoy it you might as well give it a surprise. yeah exactly yeah. um <laughs> yeah sorry about that <laughs> um but yeah it, it, so <laughs> I kind of lost my, my train of thought now, but yeah, it, it got yeah to the point where I felt that that I couldn't enjoy games properly from him just being there, like his presence, and then obviously his social media presence was 
horrendous as well. So it just felt like it wasn't my club at that point, the club that I, I grew up to love and support. So yeah, it, it, it was hard because I do love the players. I loved like James Belshaw was one of my favorites. Um, and I love Luke Thomas and Sam Finley. They're all, they're all wonderful as individuals, but unfortunately because he was seen as the big boss it it did make it really difficult yeah yeah you talked about rebuilding that relationship as well with the club do do you kind of sense that there's still people in there that you'd still have to have difficult conversations with before you get back involved with Bristol Rovers again it's people who would have known and employed him or like been a part of what he was doing is that going to be a difficult conversation still to have it's not just a case of you can just go back in and everything's fine again do you know what no because because of the new ownership it is kind of like a blessing um they They've come in. They've got control over the club. Our previous owner, who well, he is still there, um, but he's not got the control anymore. And so they've come in, the new owners, and they've got rid of Joey Barton. And it, like for me, it was like great tick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, great stuff straight in. Um, <laughs> um, so they, they've done that. They've got someone in now, Matt Taylor, who is wonderful, um, a lovely family man who's not on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've ever asked for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And like, so I'm thinking to myself, okay, like we've got, there has been a massive changeover in staff that the person I was dealing with originally, not that I thought he was ever against her game two or the values, he absolutely was all for it, but he's gone. I'm dealing with someone new now. It's, it is like, it's an entire new club. And there's been rumors that the guy who did employ Joe Barton will be going at the end of the season because he's got no control anymore. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it is, it is nice and it's refreshing and it feels like actually, yes, we can move forward. And the club has stated that many times. We just all want to move forward now yeah. and actually do what needs to be done to ensure that Bristol Rovers are a part of this journey to make football more inclusive for women. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, we'll move on from him now and put that all to one side because he was sacked kind of a few oh days. <laughs> yeah. A few days before our last game when we came down to your place, he was. I was really annoyed because I, I wanted us to be the last nail in his coffin. I wanted us to go down there, beat you, and get him get him out. On that. But it didn't quite happen. Um, sacked a few. Oh, that would have been so good. It would have just been a, a perfect like ending of the cycle of <laughs> coming back on itself. I would have liked it. Yeah. Um, but obviously, he was sacked. I think after the four-one defeat to Burton, instead. So obviously, when you played us, you're all in not new manager bounce, but it's the caretaker manager bounce. If that's the thing, um, you beat us two-one. Did you get to that game or when was your first game back? No, I didn't actually, because you know what? I've made so many plans on Saturdays. <laughs> I was just, just like, yeah, busy. I'll do this and I'll do that and I'll put this in and put that in. Yeah. So like, I actually didn't get to a game to a boxing day. Okay. So it was quite a while, I think a couple of months after he was sacked. But that was because I was booking in like bottomless brunches. I was trying to fill my Saturday with things to take my mind off the fact I wasn't at Rovers. So, yeah, no, I missed that one. But um, obviously, very, I was very pleased for Andy Magnan to, to get that win. Because, again, like you said earlier about having the connection with people other than him at the club. I really liked Mangs. I thought he was wonderful. And when I told him about her game too, he was, he was hilarious. He was really, really behind it and then was telling me that if I ever get sexist abuse, I need to drag him out of the dugout because he will not be having it. Nice. That's what he said to me. So that's what you want. I was like, sure. That's likely like, story. I'll do that. Yeah. That's what you want from your coaching staff, isn't it? That's like the polar opposite of everything else that happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's exactly what you need. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about your new manager. We're going to go to a quick break. We'll come back and talk about your new manager, Matt Taylor, in a few seconds. So if you listen to Smads, we'll be back after this.
Welcome back. We're still here with Bristol Rovers fan Kaz from her game two. Um, Kaz, then Matt Taylor's in uh, as manager. Um, obviously, he's had good success at this level before. He came in start of December, starting to nail down his route. So obviously, he's got about a month before the transfer window starts. Um, some decent results in the early on. You mentioned your first game back. What a, what a way to come back for you personally. 2-1 win against Portsmouth um, at your place. 94th minute yeah. winner from of all people, Luke Thomas, which is just, that must have just been an insane return for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that really was wonderful. I think it was, it was everything. It wasn't just the, the result and the last minute winner. It was the fact that the atmosphere just felt different. Hmm. The toxic toxicity from when Joey Barton was in charge had disappeared. Um, and it felt like actually the fan base was unified again. And I think when Joey was in charge, it was it was so divided. It was horrendous. So you, we obviously have our terrace in behind the goal and you would go there and you wouldn't know if the person to your left or your right was Joey in or Joey out. Whereas now it's like everyone's Matt Taylor in. So it's like the, the atmosphere is 10 times better because everyone's on the same page. And no yeah. one's, before people were arguing about Joey Barton being in the paper or what Joey Barton has said or the controversial activities surrounding the club. But now it's just like, if we win or if we lose, it's back to basics. And that was really nice. And yeah, please for Luke Thomas as well, because of the slate and he got in, in the, the press mm-hmm. about his mental health, um, which was just hopefully I, the final straw for the, the owners at that point, they probably just thought we can't have this. Um, so yeah, it, it was a great moment and it was right in front of me as well, which was lush. Nice. Um, I mean, what changes have you seen on the pitch so far from Matt Taylor and what he's done for the club uh, for the team as a whole what's he changed um what what can you see that's different and can you see that kind of progression happening under him now um it's tricky because we have got so many injuries right mm-hmm. now um I, but before we play you on Saturday we haven't even got a midfield so, <laughs> heard um, this, yeah. it, it's hard to actually <laughs> yeah it's hard to actually judge Matt Taylor based on what he can do when we are literally down to the bare bones so I would say we've got about eight or nine first team players out at the moment, which is literally the spine of the team, which is crazy. Um, So it's hard and it has been really inconsistent because he's trying to work with what he's got. He's trying to navigate around this injury crisis. Um, So it is difficult. I would say for us, we tend to play better against the teams that are up near the top, the ones that sort of play football, pass around the pitch. And then we struggle against the the struggling teams down at the bottom, like your Fleetwoods um, <laughs> when they come, like your Burtons and they come and they come and they just defend, they hoof it upfield. They don't really have any intention to play football. Um, so we don't really have a game plan for that, which is a little bit worrying, but that doesn't mean that that it would have been any different under Barton in the same situation. So Matt Taylor needs time. um, And he's, he's obviously faced with a lot of frustration with the players. But what I will say after last night's game is the man is a tactical genius. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the substitutions, (laughs) the substitutions he made when it was clearly not going right. um, was amazing. Like I I was so tired of, of our previous managers just, making like-for-like substitutions when we were in a crisis, whereas what Matt Taylor did last night where he completely changed up the formation, it changed everything and we came back and we won 3-2 for the first time this season. Um, So we actually hadn't come back from 1-0 down under Barton. Um, So that's something he's changed, is having that that fighting spirit, that mentality to come back and win a game. Um, So, yeah, that's 
that's the main thing I could sort of take away is that he's he's in an unfortunate position. Um, so it's really, really hard to judge. The results were inconsistent. I couldn't tell you what happened, what will happen on Saturday. Um, but if you are a team that that plays football rather than sets out to defend and hoof it upfield, then you're probably going to see a good game out of us. Um, but again, first choice midfield of, of completely, yeah. <laughs> completely disappeared. So who knows? I, I don't don't envy Matt Taylor in this position at the moment. No, it's a hard one for him. I, was, I've, I, mean, I saw a lot of that talk actually after the weekend about how you struggle against more physical teams. Um, and when I was reading all this, I, th- I looked at your next fixture and it was Stevenage away and I thought, oh, bloody hell, this is the most physical team you could possibly have in the league. Um, and you've gone 2-0 down. You know, same kind of pattern to, you, to the other games you've played against the Fleet Woods, your Burtons. But then, like you mentioned, he's, he's made the sub at half, not, doesn't wait till half time. He's done it on half hour, he's decisive. He's like half an hour bringing the defender off and bringing on Scott Sinclair as a winger, changing the shape, completely turning around 3 2. To go to Stevenage and do that, that is an impressive for anyone in the league. Um, and especially given you and your position and how bold that must have been for him to go and to go and make that change. and it really, really impressive change that is made there. Um, and do you think that's that's something that's going to carry on that style that you finished with last night, or do you think it's it's back to how you start and see how the game goes, and then he'll make changes based on that? Yeah, no, I think it, he'll definitely stay as a back four now. I, I think mm. what the formation that we go in on Saturday will be after he made those cutthroat decisions <laughs> at Stevenage last yeah. night. Um, <laughs> well, it, and you love that, right? It's just, it's no nonsense, yeah. um, but it, in a really supportive way still, you know, the, the players aren't resenting him. Um, they're not, they're not turning on him. They want to play for him still. He's instilling that belief into them. He actually came over to the fans at the end of the game. I don't know if you saw the clip last night and gave a bit of a pet talk to the fans as well. And like, you know, gave them a bit of a rally cry, yeah. um, which was something I haven't seen before in a manager, but I like that. I really do like that. It's this isn't just them and us. This is us together as a club. So he's he's getting the fans on board. He's actually getting them behind behind the team. He's giving them honest truth about how the players are currently feeling. Mm-hmm. Um so and and the fans will take that on board as well and then they'll get right behind them on Saturday, I'm sure. But yeah, I can see that the second half we took to Stevenage will be similar to what you should expect to see on Saturday. Start, yeah. Um, a fair bit of business done in January, like you, you generally see with a new manager. Um, main thing that stands out is Aaron Collins going to Bolton and disclose fee. It's been brilliant for you over the last couple of seasons. And we he played against us last week. Um, that must just be a huge loss for you going forward. But at the same time, is it a nice bit of business in terms of what you can do in the summer? Uh, I felt like it was the right time for, mm-hmm. for Collins to go, and I'm happy with, with the payout we got from it. Collins, he's a, he's a confidence player, so he kind of lost. It a little bit um when he's on form he's brilliant but in the last six months we've not really seen much from him. he's got the most assists in the league but in terms of a goal scorer he dropped off completely um and he he was quite frustrating to watch at times I did really like him but he is quite a weak player he would get fall down quite a lot I don't know if you saw that maybe he's changed at Bolton I don't know um, <laughs> but it did definitely feel the right time and I don't feel I don't feel like it's a huge loss um we didn't have him in the squad just before he went against Oxford and we played brilliantly so I think we could do without him um his head doesn't seem to be in it when he 
we got a, a sniff of the fact that he might be able to go to a higher club. Mm. And we're talking about last transfer window when he had that. And it just, you know, when you just know the player's heart's not in it anymore to play for this team, they want to progress, okay. which is absolutely fair enough. Like that's their prerogative um, if that's what they want to do. So yeah, it, it works out best for all parties. And we've got Chris Martin, thankfully, who is just on fire in front of Carl at the yeah. moment. Um, so he's sort of stepped up and, and taken that responsibility of scoring goals. And yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a huge loss to us um, personally. It, it did feel right. And yeah, I wish him all the best. Yeah, I guess it's one of those that's you you take one player out and it's it doesn't it, for the be- for the benefit of the team I guess as well from what you can do with that money I guess as well in the summertime to build a build a team again to build a squad you, mm-hmm. you'd rather that than have someone who doesn't want to be there and um yeah more than likely is going to be in yeah. the championship which is amazing for him um Loans in three on deadline day, Elkin Baggett from Ipswich, Harry Vaughan from Hull, then the brilliantly named uh, Brandon Aguilera from Nottingham Forest. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he scored an absolute belter as well, didn't he, at some point last couple of weeks. Um, what have you seen? Oh, on his debut. Was his debut, was it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, what have you made of them so far? you seen much of them so far? Yeah, so Brandon is now injured. <laughs> so he can join the club Um, (laughs) so Brandon Aguilera I I actually didn't get to watch the extra game on his debut I was able to watch him against Fleetwood but the conditions of that Fleetwood game were horrendous. Yes, I saw, yeah. <laughs> the ball was sticking to that pitch. Yeah. <laughs> so he could not pass and move, pass and move. It, the, it, the way he plays, that pitch was no good for him and those conditions were no good for him. So I won't judge him on that. But from what I'm hearing and from what I've seen from highlights of his performance against Exeter, like he is, yeah, incredible. He's, he's going to be probably top level at some point in his career. Um, I know the Forest fans love him. Um, so it's a shame that he's injured and you probably won't get to see him on, on Saturday. I mean, you'll probably see it as a bit of a blessing. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> he, he, he's most likely not going to be available, but he, he does seem a very, um, yeah, very good player that is going to just ca- continue to develop and eventually make top flight. Um, Elkin Bagger. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very reluctant to steam into players so early on, but he does not. <laughs> He does not look like he should be anywhere near that start at 11 right now. And he was one of the players that was hauled off yeah. within 30 minutes yesterday. Um, so don't expect him to start on Saturday. He was, a, in the politest way possible, a bit of a bomb scare last <laughs> night in front of the goal. Um, so, so um, yeah. What, what? Who have I missed? Who was the last one? Um, uh, Vaughan from Hull, Harry Vaughan. Oh, Vaughan, yeah. Little Vaughan. Oh, he's he's so small. <laughs> he's so small. He's um <laughs> he's not he's not gonna um do well against in the air against big defenders. Um so again against Fleetwood. I don't know why we had him up front <laughs> trying to win headers against these big bulky defenders. But on the floor, um he looks yeah, he looks an interesting prospect. He looks like he can pass and move, he's quite quick. Um yeah, quite quite exciting to watch, but again, Maybe because we're quite thin on the ground, but I can't see him starting on Saturday either. So it's unlikely you'll see any of those three. Okay. <laughs> We've just spoke about on Saturday. Um, but if you were, then the only one I would actually be worried about is Brandon Aguilera because, yeah, he, he's he's the best looking one out of the three so far. Nice. Um, so injuries, suspensions, obviously it's an absolute like 
I don't want to say the word, but it's, it sounds very similar to what we're going through as well. Like I was talking to another Bristol Rovers fan today and we were comparing notes as to who's got the worst injury list. So it could be interesting on Saturday. Um, you've got around about 10 at the moment, eight of which, yeah. eight that Taylor says would be first team regulars. Added to that, Anthony Evans now picked up a booking on Tuesday night. So he's out of the weekend. I mean, that's great for us because I've always thought it's a fantastic play. He always seems to do well against us. Um, but what are you going to be able to cobble together? Is it is it something you're confident you can put something together that's going to uh, going to hurt us at the weekend? I actually don't think so. I don't <laughs> think we can cobble. Well, maybe. Well, Josh Grant maybe can come in in midfield, but he he's the only option really. We're talking like a one man midfield, but again, his fitness levels aren't a hundred percent. So yeah, I, I don't know what he's going to do, Taylor. I, I really don't. Um, it's going to be yeah, very very weak in midfield, which um, should hopefully basically write write your team talk for you there. You'll you'll know what to do based on that. But, I don't know if he's going to try and bring Vaughan in. God, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. We we have got no midfielders. <laughs> That's the short of it. Is it no midfielders um, as in you haven't got anyone like centrally or is it across literally no wingers, no central f- players, no defensive midfielders? Is it con- complete midfield? You're just missing. We've got wingers. It's central. central. To, we are two, basically the core of the team are missing. Um, and our two best pairing at the moment would be Ward and Finlay. And they've been out for a while, so they're not an option. And then we had Conte come in from Grimsby. He's been brilliant. He got booked last night, so he won't be available. And then you've got Evans, like you said, who is probably one of our strongest players this season. He's not available either. So I'm wondering who is going to, maybe we will have Josh Grant in as like a defensive midfield type role, um, just to be in the core of the team. But yeah, I mean, we've got Thomas, we've got Sinclair who can be wingers. Um, I don't know, he might he might bring Vaughan in to substitute for the for the the gap. But I, 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 yeah, I don't. It's honestly, I, I am I'm looking forward to seeing what what team he sort of cobbles together. But um, this should be music to your ears. The fact that I'm struggling to think of a single person that can step in and be in central yeah. midfield. I mean, it's just that time of year, isn't it? As well, with, like, with um we've got eight, nine players out as well. So it's just, it's whatever we can throw out onto the pitch as well, to be honest. Um, you're, th- there's been a lot of yeah. talk from Taylor about things like soft centre, things like that. You, some, a lot of your goals are very similar to ones we've conceded recently as well, um, from corners, not picking up your men, mm-hmm. just players getting lost, free headers, that kind of stuff. So I can see it being a really high scoring game on Saturday because it feels like both defences are a little bit yeah. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I mean... We've got Chris Martin, who is clinical in front of goal, so yeah. he's he's my biggest hope to to get any 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 goals. But we do we do play worse when Chris Martin's inside. Weirdly, it's it's one of those, isn't it? Where yes, he scores goals, but in terms of our overall gameplay, it's not the prettiest of football. Um, but I think with the injury crisis, we're not going to get that anyway. Um, and yeah, we got we're missing Connor Taylor, who is by far our best defender as well. Um, Again, another one who looks capable of making it to the to the Premier League mm. um, if he carries on developing the way he does. But unfortunately, he's out. Um, so yeah, yeah, likely it will be a, a high scoring game. We are so unorganised at the back at the moment. Um, thankfully, we managed to, to sort it out on Tuesday last night. Um, but it, I, I, we can't keep a clean sheet. And we got Jed in goal as well, who's who's doing brilliantly, but he is only young, um, so he's prone to making mistakes every now and again so yeah I 
don't put your money on it being a, a, a nil-nil no. or, or a clean sheet from our side, at least. No, I don't think it will be at all. It, this could be anything by the sounds of it because we've conceded four pretty soft goals on Tuesday yeah. night as well. So <laughs> like just, anything. I mean, you guarantee it'll be nil-nil now. But, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> always the way. Yeah, um, ask this to every guest who comes on. If you're, if you're John Brady um, in the Cobblers dressing room, if you're giving our team talk, what would you be saying to the Cobblers team to try and beat you on Saturday? Uh, I would say long balls into the box is what we can't handle at all at the moment. Um, I think both of our goals last night against Stevenage, one was from a long throw and one was from a long ball into the box. Might've been a free kick. Um, I haven't actually watched them back yet, but I, yeah, I would say long balls into the box, um, try and get it over the top because our defense cannot handle that at all. Um, and probably would say passing through midfield because we don't have one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that would be mine. Um, and keep it away from Chris Martin if he's in front of goal. Nice. Sounds good. I mean, it does sound like Tyree Simpson's been on the bench the last few games. And I don't know if, if you've ever seen him before, but he's a massive striker. He, he will just bully defenders. Mm-hmm. And I was saying to Charles the other day after Tuesday, mm-hmm. I, I think we just need to throw him in against your defence because he's so powerful. And if you've got a anything yeah. weak about your defense or sort of battling qualities and stuff he's going to be the one to exploit it so i'm really hoping we throw him up there on saturday um what what are your kind of fans expectations going into this coming up to six fields we're all a bit like roll the dice like we don't know what's <laughs> going to happen next <laughs> so we've been so inconsistent so we'll go and we'll beat Pompey and Charlton and then we'll lose to Exeter and Fleetwood and Burton but then we'll beat Oxford who are top six then we'll beat Stevenage who are top six so like we we're really all over the place um and I think with the injury crisis you you are just sort of hoping for the best (laughs) you're hoping that we can grind something out of this um but yeah I think the overall feeling in the fan base is just let's just take each game as it comes because the inconsistency is a big problem at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say we are we would edge on the fact that you aren't a, a team scrambling around at the bottom, um, that you are a team that clearly plays decent football. Yep. Um, so hopefully we can match you on that and actually it could be quite an exciting game. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, like we said earlier, it's going it's to have goals in it for sure. So let's just hope that, that Rovers come out on top <laughs> one way or another. Yeah. Um- that's brilliant. Um, Sorry, cobblers. <laughs> again. Uh, <laughs> um, prediction, let's get a, a score prediction for me then. We, we said there's going to be goals. But can you can draw you on an actual prediction? Based on the injury crisis and our inconsistency, I'm going to go for two all. Two all. I was going to go 2-2. Go um, all right, I'll go. <laughs> Sounds right, doesn't it? It does. It does sound about right. Um, I'm going to go 7-0 cobblers. No, I'm not. Um, I will go... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go three two. I'll go th- still sour. Yeah, yeah, still after all this time, we always will be. It's one of those things with our clubs, and that you just it just sticks. It always does. Um, yeah, I'll go three two. I'll go yeah. three two. Cobblers, I think there's definitely goals in it. So um, if it, Ooh. yeah, three two. It could be three two four three either way by the sounds of it. But um, brilliant, um, Kaz. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, <laughs> anything you want to plug before you go? Her game too. Please follow us, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then uh, the wonderful Gascast podcast. Um, we, to be honest, we haven't done a preview on Saturday's game, but likely to do a, a post-match analysis on it next week. If anyone fancied listening to that, um, but I realise the target audience will be Cobblers fans who probably couldn't care less, so should have just stuck with her game too. So yeah, her game too. Please follow us on socials and and 
follow our journey because we're doing exciting stuff all the time so yeah absolutely absolutely thank you so much for coming on thanks for taking the time to come and speak with us and so glad to see you back supporting your team again thank you so much brilliant thank you thank you for having me Um, good luck to the cobblers this weekend good luck also ntfc women who host kettering town in the county cup at fernie fields aka the fernabell on sunday afternoon do get down there to support the team if you can that's a 2 p.m kickoff uh we'll be back on tuesday as ever with all our reaction to both of those games we'll see you then Podcast Network.